Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Lodge 49. Welcome back to streaming in place. <laughs> I'm a beautiful Jeff's 20% porcelain discount, Allison Shoemaker, and I'm joined as ever by the new couple of knuckleheads on the order desk, Kate Kulzik <laughs> and Noel Kirkpatrick. Um, we are talking about season two, episode 10 of Lodge 49. <sighs> the door. <laughs> um, I'm not prepared. For And you interpret that statement any way you like. I'm not prepared for the show to be over, certainly. I'm not prepared to talk about it because I'm still basically going, holy f- shit, oh my god, like I'm still in that mode. <laughs> so like, was, we're going to be analytical. I'm sure we're going to get some good stuff, but I'm in a different place. And also, I feel a little bit like I fell into the earth and then emerged in the other side of the hollow world uh, where it is not raining. Um. I do, that that's a thing that happens in Lodge 49. How are you guys doing? <laughs> okay, so now I want you to cast your mind back. It's Monday. We've just finished recording. I'm waiting to get audio and, and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I have a little bit of time now, so I'm just going to watch the last episode. So I watched I watched that episode immediately after we finished recording <laughs> yesterday, on uh, Monday, and, uh, and hence why I texted y'all. I was like, Holy crap, I'm really mad we don't have a season. I was already like gonna miss the show and like sad about no season three. And I was just like, oh my god, and there's no way they're gonna. And then Noel watched it on Tuesday, and I was not surprised. I was very tickled to get a couple texts, Noel, from you. And then Allison watched it this morning because <laughs> I was thinking about trying to like tell it, like, I was thinking about maybe I should text Allison and, and to be like, if you can. Line it up so you finish, like, right before. <laughs> Almost. So close. Yeah. Because so we could capture that. Um, yeah. Because the way this ends and, and now, like, I'm, Noel, imagine back when you were like, well, I'm not gonna be able to do uh, next week, last week. Right. So you guys just go ahead without me. Like, can you imagine if we had done these episodes without you? No. No, never. Never. Yeah, that would have been that would have been bad news bears. <laughs> I would not have liked that. Um, you know, before we get into specifics, I do want to say that while I, Kate, share your, um, anger that there's no Lodge 49 season three, both because the show is wonderful and specifically because of this finale, I do feel like Lodge 49 is one of those shows where there's something about ending in a place like this that feels appropriate. Like David Lynch did it deliberately with Twin Peaks The Return, right? Or like, it's very different from what they did at the end of The Sopranos, but there's a similar sort of unknowability that's a feature and not a bug with this show. It's always the the great mysteries, right? It's always been a part of the deal. So there's something about the ending, unintentional ending, as what seems to be a revelation that there are other worlds. Something about that being the way that we end feels very emotionally honest, even if it's incomplete from a story perspective. Did the two of you, did either of you have that response or am I nutso? Well, you're not nutso. You're not nutso. But... I also just, I really want a season three. Yes. <laughs> because I really want a season, because I, I want it anyways, but because this finale promises a season three where we get Liz as the squire. For Connie. 
Do you like what I called it? I think I called that. I think back in the episode where Connie put on the blindfold and did the mm-hmm. walk through the lodge, and Liz was underground in the Antarctica at Orbis. Yeah. Right? I think I said something about if Connie is the is the true knight then may I don't know that I use the word squire but I feel like I get a called it for the called ish for this. Yes, that is, I want I need a I need a Liz in the lodge season desperately. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, we need all of that. Um but we also need like a thematic kind of continuation because my partner looked up what little there was about the finale as well as any like potential plans for the third season. And one of the things that stood out was the fact of, well, it was going to be thematic, right? Because like season one was all about water. Season two was fire. And very obviously season three was going to be earth to continue with the alchemaic through line of things. Um, And they make that really clear in the season two finale that it was going to be earth because he gets sucked through a portal (laughs) (laughs) that leads him to the door that goes to nowhere, except it goes everywhere. (laughs) But it's sunny and daytime and beautiful, but also the thing is there. Yeah. uh, I went back and watched. I went back and paused. It's definitely, if you pause when he's falling through that door, it is a field of stars. That is what is on the other side of that door, is a field of stars! Or maybe a (laughs) sea of stars, maybe? A sea of stars? Oh, oh, oh. oh. A sea filled with balls of fire and gas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, where do we start? Because I don't know where to start. Um, you know what? Let's start somewhere really simple and straightforward. Let's start with the first thing that I texted you guys about. I was enraptured with the finale from the very beginning. But the first thing that I texted Kate and Noel in our little group chat was Scott got himself a therapist. Let's talk about Scott. Let's talk about Scott's character arc from the beginning of season one to the smile of joy and pride and also remorse on his face as he willingly hands over the robes of the sovereign protector to Ernie. Let's talk about Scott. Let's talk about Scott buying Connie and Ernie a beer. And let's talk about Scott on a sea with Ernie. Let's talk about Scott. I was going to say, let's talk about the jet ski, right? Yeah. Because they actually go for the jet ski and they don't need Connie there as a buffer. And it's lovely. It's lovely. (laughs) It is. It's really sweet. But also, let's talk about Scott getting lost in the tunnels and going like, hey, I'm Scott. That was so cool. Michelle. That was so cool. Yeah. um, Your bomb shelter. I don't have a bomb shelter. You do have a bomb shelter, though. I'm I'm in it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... Yeah, no, his whole real the, the journey of realization that he's had across two seasons, but also the kind of softening that really kind of I think solidified in Mexico. Mexico, man. Mexico. Mexico. Man. Um <laughs> I think was really great. And I, what I really like about it is the entire journey. And I don't want to say journey anymore because I want to say quest, because Scott ended up on a quest. He just didn't know he was on a quest. Um, and like all the other quests across these two seasons that culminated in Mexico and various realizations of, I'm not the one in charge. I can't be the one in charge. I thought I wanted to be the one in charge. 
but that's 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 not who I am, and I can't do that anymore, and I'm not going to. So, Ernie, it was always yours. And I just, I love that whole realization that he has of, yeah, no, I can help, but I can't do the thing. I can't be the thing. Um, not referring to the car, but just, I can't be the one that runs everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just really hope Best Buy... He's the one yeah. who runs into the Right, game. exactly. He's the tackler. He's the tackler. Yeah, he's the line. Yeah. Not to, to, you know, heaven forbid, be you know, timely and, you know, accurate, somewhat accurate with a thing I believe happened on Sunday, though I didn't watch. You could have a really great quarterback, but if there's no line, it's not going to (laughs) matter. So you got to have that. And that's, you know, him finding his uh, comfort and his, uh, his, his place there and wanting, seeking that out for himself is, I mean, it's so much better than if he never had that and didn't realize it wasn't the right fit. Right thinking he's supposed to want to be sovereign protector. He's supposed to want to be in charge and, and all of this, but that's not his place. And he's so much more at peace when he is able to just be. It's really lovely to see that, you know, just this is a show with people just, if they can find their place just existing and that being a really beautiful thing to know, like the idea that the the gold is, you know, the prize is knowing yourself and um, being at peace with everything that that means. Um, whether you are uh, Dud in a tearful and really beautiful scene with Ernie, or you are Bert with the, you know, for like the uh, mystical zoom in, <laughs> or what, you know? Uh, and yeah, it's lovely to, to, to watch Scott just, like when he pops up out of the lawn there, it's just like some of the most, chill i think we've ever seen him yes yes the maybe the most surreal thing that happens to him outside of the shark tooth leg falling from the sky right the other than that probably the most surreal thing that happens to him and it just washes over him because instead of trying to board down the door in the lodge he just goes through it and wanders around and gets lost and comes back because he accepts what the this place is and it's beautiful in, instead of trying to make it be something it isn't. And yet the flip side of that is that when he goes to try to return those televisions, mm-hmm. Ernie is like, well, no, stop. Just because it wasn't in the right place doesn't mean it doesn't belong. Yeah. It just wasn't supposed to be there. A lot like Scott. <laughs> a just what a satisfying story. He might have the most whole ending, I think, yes. of any of the characters. Agreed. Yeah. Um, although Ernie, obviously, there we've got Ernie and Blaze also with really wonderful like end points here. Um, so maybe we should move on to one of the two of them, unless you have anything else about good old Scott. I'm shaking my head like the two of you can see me. Uh, no, I don't have anything <laughs> else on Scott. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Blaze before we talk about Ernie, because I really liked Blaze taking over Dudley and Son's space. Um, first of all, I think that him being in that strip mall is exactly where he needs to be. Speaking of where you need to be, Blaze in that strip mall is exactly where he needs to be. In no small part, because I feel like Blaze provides a counterbalance to Bert. <laughs> yes! Ooh, the forces of light and darkness! If Bert is a sense of darkness, because I really, like, this episode does a lot of 
I think weird, really subtle stuff with Bert in terms of what is Bert's role of, I've been here since the beginning, which led my partner to declare, Bert is Meryl. <laughs> There's a lot of people who think that, yeah. Um, It's a pretty popular thing. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Which makes sense, because it... Are there two stars in the tapestry? Because his his pawn shop is called the Two Star Pawn Shop. So are there two two stars in the tapestry? Maybe. We'll find out. I don't know. Um, But I think that Blaze taking over and is exactly the way it is, because, like Dud says, he's family, but also he's someone who can respect the solemnness of that. And will also take advantage of being in that privileged position, basically, and respect it and provide that care. Uh, So I think that that's really great. But he's also, like, behind the bar. He's repurposed in terms of how he's thinking about the lodge. Like, he's just, like, he's, he's at peace with mysteries again as opposed to needing to unravel them to find some kind of meaning. Uh, Which is, again, sort of what Scott is. Instead of ignoring the mysteries of the Lodge, uh, like Scott does, Blaze just did the opposite and just threw himself too far into them and got lost as well. So being open to a mystery is important, but not getting lost within the mystery is just as important. And watching Blaze kind of come to that realization across this, particularly the last three episodes and really find contentment in this episode, I think it's just really lovely. And I was really happy to see it. Plus, you know, he's going to get along well with Alice. So, you know, oh, there'll be yeah. harmony at the donut shop. I wasn't even thinking about Blaze and Bert as counterbalances. I was thinking of Blaze's apothecary slash weed shop as a natural extension of donuts. Right, absolutely. Like, that works same too. Same <laughs> vibe, different flavor. Like a very sim they're they're meeting similar needs in very different ways. Um so yeah, that whole little corner that's I feel like there's if there's some sort of um ethereal activity in Long Beach, it at that corner it's off the charts. It was on a ghost hunting show. All the little monitors would be click clacking. And it's really um, weird. There's like this new karate dojo that's opening up next door run by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Um, yeah, I think that in addition to Blaze sort of finding peace with the mysteries, his enthusiasm for figuring out the mysteries of this world, I think is another like, like Scott, it's the Natasha Rothwell saying growth gift. Like it's a big, big deal for Blaze. And it seems to come from a same pla- the same place that Dud's realization, and this line knocked me on my ass. We are special. We're just not any more special than anybody else. Um, that That's a beautiful piece of writing. It's if I had watched, if I watched this when it aired in 2019, it would have been on my greatest lines of the year um, TV dialogue list for sure. Um it, I found that scene as well very moving. I think Blaze and Dud had some wonderful moments. And it was so nice also seeing Blaze on that stage at the end, sort of enjoying this place of community that is also a place of mysteries. And those things are not... You you play Muni softball and also, you know, go through the mystery door and write your books in the egg room and all of that stuff. Um, an egg room of one's own. Uh, I think that he is a a great example of balance, something he's been talking about the whole time, but hasn't really actually landed on until now. Well, let's talk about the egg room then. And Connie, it was so awesome to watch her uh, just typing away 
with the typewriter. Very happy for her, even in her terrible pen name. There, there are a number of problems with that pen name, and she needs to reconsider it. <laughs> yes, she needs a new pen name. But what's important is that she's writing. She can always change the yeah. name. Um, yeah, that yeah, and like, with, I guess that takes us to Liz. But um, do, the thing I'm going to is that Liz and Dud's mom was a member or something. The dad was not, but I, I I think there's still so much we don't know about the mom. It's very possible that she had some sort of connection to the lodge, which is why both of them feel like they've been there before, even though they never have, and are both drawn to the throne room specifically. And um, so that's what sort of what I'm taking from it. But regardless, I, you know, I was very satisfied to have her not connect with the lodge at all. And so when they chose to to do this in the finale instead i was just irritated i was like well now i need season three (laughs) um but uh and and also why aren't you running you're gonna get so wet run to the door don't walk to the door but anyways um having uh that just the way they capture that energy with her and and connie after you know and, and i also love that they really get you to connect the door of the lodge to the title so that the end can come out of nowhere. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there's several doors throughout the episode. But still, it's like, oh, the door. And now it's going to be the next chapter of the next per- next squire at the door kind of a thing. Um, so so the stuff we get with the slide in Liz, I think, is lovely. Um, like, sure, why not dig a pool dead? Um, I, the, the fact that you know that there's a tunnel that goes right to the trailer... It seemed like a, a very sensical reason to not have <laughs> dig a pool there, but like I could wait for them to mention it and then they didn't. So I could wait for him to hit something as opposed to sink into the mud. Um do do you guys have any other thoughts on, on Liz and her potential new startup business? <laughs> um I don't know what business they're gonna start, but I but I bet it is uh, both awesome and a miserable failure all at once. I hope it's really ludicrous. Whatever business they started, wherever it is that they are, I hope it's insane. Um, well, and Liz is new Janet, right, for this business, but actually, like, you know, not terrible. Oh, Janet. <laughs> yeah, actually a decent person, um, especially now that she's forgiven mm-hmm. for um, not seducing Scott. Um, uh, not Scott. Um, Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you. Um Sonia Cassidy so good. Yeah, uh, the thing that struck me about Liz and Connie is sort of twofold. First, I think the show, somehow as she was walking up, I realized that she had never met Connie, like as she was walking to the door. And then uh, that gave me that sort of thrill of not really foreboding, but I guess anticipation for what that was going to be. And I think they both sold that really well. Um, But it made me think a lot about... Liz's conversation with the fake psychic, which another scene would never have guessed that he was going to come back. Another scene that I think is really outstanding, beautifully filmed, beautifully uh, staged, really well acted. The writing is lovely. All of it aces as far as I'm concerned. Um, But when I was watching that scene, it made me think about Connie falling in the grave and what it is that that did for her and the relationship between being alive and aware and present and death and how easy it is to sort of conflate those two things and to view darkness as light and light as darkness inadvertently. And then Janet shows up in her all white suit and 
and on and on and on. Um, but so I was already primed thinking about Connie's journey and her relationship to mortality um, and her investment in what's possible and honesty and all of this other stuff when Liz showed up. So then the fact that they were actually connected, I think, was in some way spiritually, whatever, um, was in incredibly effective. I was primed for it in a way I didn't anticipate, I guess. D does that resonate yes. with either of you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and we get that, that scene at the beach is great for everything in the scene, but it's also a shout out or a reminder to the audience. Yeah, she, Liz has been looking for something and she was looking in the wrong place. It was the right instinct, but the wrong place with Lenore. And instead, here's mm -hmm. Connie. Mm -hmm. um, and so just like kind of remind you of what her journey has been throughout the season as well. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know. Connie won't take her to play high stakes poker at the airport and run from the FAA, but she might take her on an adventure in Mexico. You never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, li thank God that Liz had to stay and answer questions to make sure that Janet didn't frame her. Otherwise we would not have gotten this really marvelous scene because I would have gone <gasps> to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that we should talk about with Liz is, uh, is her night swim with Dud, though. And that's mm -hmm. maybe a good transition to Dud. Oh, my God. Um, mm -hmm. Because she gets him in the water at night. They go night swimming together and recreate that painting. And that was another real stunner of a scene, huh? Yeah. Beautiful cinematography. Visual effects and the cinematography for that were just really ridiculous. Like, I was like, oh, they blew their budget on this jet ski moment, which is a great way to blow your budget. No, no, they did it on this instead and whatever they had to do for this. And I'm okay with it um, because it's beautiful. It's just really, really great. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a good upending of things as well because I really appreciated that this is what it was as opposed to some sort of weird discovery of the star room in Orbis again. Um, I've actually come to appreciate how Orbis faded out a little bit as the season progressed. Um, really after all the stuff, um, with, uh, Larry's mom, uh, Jane, Jackie, thank Jackie. you. I knew it was a J. Um, and that just kind of steadily fell back. Um, so be making it a night swim makes it in the ocean, makes it a very, it makes it much more personal as opposed to part of the mystery. And I really, really liked that. And again, yeah, no, it just looked really, really beautiful. Um, but I also like that Dud is up for any kind of quest unless Liz suggests it at midnight. <laughs> um, he's immediately like, why? As opposed to if Ernie or anyone else, literally anyone else had said, I need you to do this thing with me. He'll be like, let's go. Let me get my stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lovely scene and, uh, well executed and, and a nice callback right to our season one finale as well. And, you know, showing their relationship and where they're at now. It's really, yeah, it's lovely. Yep. Um, so, so Dud is digging a pool above the hollow earth where there isn't any oil, but there is a secret passage. And he looks at a rainbow and goes back to digging in the rain and the shovel gets stuck, struck by lightning and he falls down, presumably unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and proceeds to get sucked into the mud, at which point I thought they were killing off Dud and that Liz was going to have to deal with Dud dying in the season three we're never going to get. And I was furious. And then that door opened. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's a hollow earth. And like, there are just channels that connect everything. And that's just how we have to deal with it. You just, you run your head through, through some, through a map and you're just, you're in the earth. Lamar <laughs> cannot be right. <laughs> that, that can't I be. I agree. He's not Mark, allowed to be right. Yeah. He's not allowed to be right. Where I'm glad that he decided that he needed to disappear. I'm glad he's safe. I'm glad he called to let people know yeah. he was okay. Mm-hmm. Important. That's important. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that he doesn't take any oxygen up in this episode because it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sure does seem like maybe he knew something. So is that another world? Where does he? Where is he? That's de- I, that's definitely dead, yeah. right? We've done. He, he's got the Dudley and Sons shirt on, yeah. and his hair is dark, but that's because it's covered in mud. I think you can sort of see the bandage on his leg. So it's dead, and he falls through the door with a bunch of dirt. And it's very shocking. What? 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 What is it? I don't know. Why are you asking uh, me? I have no idea. No one knows except the writers who apparently do yeah. know. They've they talked about that in interviews. They do know what happened and why and how. Um, I would say look back and is there any mud there when Dud runs out to, you know, and, and then decides to or when he when he walks out past the car and everything and then and then like goes to immediately dig the pool is there already mud there so did he travel back in time a little bit we Uh, don't see the because i rewound it i can tell you we don't really see the ground um because you only see the top of the thing because i was going to check the license plate yeah that's the mode i was in um but you can't see for all looking for where the numbers were popping up in the background (laughs) (laughs) yeah my instinct takes me to um time more than alternate universe but it could be either um and like the star thing is more interesting to me because that is to me it connects back to orbis and the star thingy there so who knows i have no idea and i love that i don't know if we can't know then like i love not knowing i would like to know but since we can't know i we don't have a partial answer (laughs) Jim Gavin is also a novelist, and I just I just want him to wait like five or six years, and then write a little novella, like a little mm-hmm. Lodge Forty Nine season three novella. I will read the shit out of it. <laughs> just a little one. Well, because we still have like there's other threads, right? Because we got the three dragons coming after the lodge. One of well, whom... Connie drops her bombshell about the tr- thinking that it's the true lodge, which yeah. Um, We've got whoever comes out of the elevator for Clara slash Melinda. Oh, he's so upset. Mm-hmm. He's so upset. That... He's so upset. So that's gonna be one. Jan's gonna be the Jan's gonna be one of the, those dragons, and then we just don't know what the third dragon is. Scott's Janet. gonna be a dragon? No, no, no. Janet. Janet. Right. Like the because the lodge is being attacked by three dragons in one of the paintings, and one of those dragons is whoever's out of the elevator. Okay, I, think. I see. What and you're one of those dragons is Janet. It's Janet. And I don't know what the third dragon is. Well, maybe whoever, because they think they've already got somebody at the lodge, right? So who would be, Do they, is there a mole? Is there a lodge mole? It could really be as easy as just like, you know, a bug that Jocelyn didn't realize he was yeah. placing, you know, like, because Jocelyn is obviously not one of the dragons. Yeah, Jocelyn obviously. is n- neutral good. Yeah. <laughs> 
neutral good who wishes he were chaotic good, but has been forced to be lawful good for far too long. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's accurate? Noel's yeah. chuckling at me, so I, I need a ruling. You've played more D&D. No, I think than that's me. accurate. Um, <laughs> and Kate's played plenty of D&D, too, so she could weigh in. Um, he wants to be cool, because all the cool people yeah. are chaotic good. But, He's but, a neutral know, good yeah. guy. No, chaotic good. Who, who's, Dud is yes. chaotic good. Yes. Uh, Scott is lawful good. Ernie is neutral good. So that's where I would. What's Liz? Oh, yeah. chaotic neutral. That's kind of what I think too. With tendencies towards good, yeah. but like she's she's straightforward. Just like I do what's best for me and those around me. That's the code. That's it. Um, so much so that I was just like, why don't you take over Tempjoy, Liz? I feel like you do a really good job. Mm. But also, you know what? Pods is a great no, idea. It's a really good it idea. Is. But I was also watching that scene and being like, I need like an episode about Ross. Like, I really want to know Ross's deal. <laughs> there is a, like, in a longer-running show, there is an episode that just follows him through his day dealing with these different, like, especially when you've got, if, if the whole pod was working mm -hmm. there as well, you could check in with some of the others. Um, but, like, you get Connie, you get Dud, you get Liz. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to enjoy in, like, a season four or season yeah. five Um Standalone, just oh, on Ross. Man. I love Ross. Oh, Ross. I mean, he gave them pretty good advice. He did. Yeah, no, he gave mm -hmm. really solid advice of, why don't you just start your own business? Most of them are going to fail anyway, so why not you? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what the three of you are good at, but if you're that connected, it can't be that bad, then can it? Well, and they've got that settlement money, so they got that bonus money, I should say. So. Yeah, squeezing the last of the juice out of Orbis. A real Robin Hood, our list Again, likely. chaotic neutral. Omni. <laughs> Omni, yeah, that's right. yeah. Yes, chaotic neutral for sure. Um, I just don't want to say, is there anything else we want to say about Lodge 49? Because then I don't say it again ever. Oh, I do want to shout out that we do get one last dud slash White Russell speech that is just good. Very good. Um, beautiful. Yeah. I really, really liked it. So I can't even talk about it rationally because it was just really, really good. Um, I do hate that they like cut to Ernie to get a reaction shot during it because I was just like, no, that's not how these work. You don't cut for a reaction shot. You stay on Ro Wyatt Russell. You stay on him. See, I was good with the reaction shot because that was what reminded me that we spent two seasons with Ernie not understanding what it was that was connecting these sure. two people. Oh, God. See, now I'm going to get emotional. And really, it was yeah. loss. And it wasn't until they both started acknowledging the pain of their own losses that they started to really become what they needed yeah, to be for each other. that's a good other. point. Um, which is like Knight and Squire, right? And the... F oh, my God. Yeah, that speech really got to me, too. The, um, the idea that Dud knows that Dud is exercising enough self-awareness to know yes. that this thing that he longs for is the thing he's not ready yet all by itself is moving and then the poetry of it is really lovely and Wyatt Russell is so good at just doing the thing getting completely out of his own way and letting a moment happen and breathe and um yeah I feel very robbed of the third season of the show at the moment I'm feeling like, um, you know, every once in a while, 
you get a TV, an improbable TV series that hits and it's gr- Fleabag. Like, right. Flea, the first season of Fleabag came and went and like, you guys probably watched it. I watched it. 15 other people in the United States watched it. Most of them were TV critics. And then Fleabag season, season two happened and it was this huge thing. And that's great, but it's an anomaly. Like, I May Destroy You, a much bigger deal than Chewing Gum. Both really great, weird series. And when you get one of those and it happens to be a hit, that's an incredible blessing. But when you get one a show like this, it's still a blessing. But God, what a heartbreaker. If, if there were more television shows like Lodge 49, the world would be a better place. You know, it's humanist and adventurous and strange and unclassifiable and surprising and deeply compassionate and really funny. And the fact that, you know, instead we got, it's not the Walking Dead's fault, but we got a bunch of Walking Dead stuff instead, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. where AMC is putting its money and that is a real bummer. Yeah. Real bummer. And it it lets all of that stuff sit alongside each other in a way that very few shows do, right? There's many shows that we all love that are very tuned into a certain aesthetic or uh, style or like tone, right? And they, and they tackle lots of stuff. Like I'm thinking of something like Jane the Virgin or something like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or some of these other shows that we absolutely love, but are very much doing a thing right and this episode just as an example has the honesty and the the pain and the acknowledgement of that dud speech and it has the joy of ernie lifted up in the air uh on by and you know as he's been crowned sovereign protector and it has both of those and it's a show that will do zany jump through a ring of fire tapestry and also sit on the couch. Her name was Amaya, you know, like it, it'll do all of that. And um, it has sp- equal space for all of that for the it, it doesn't try to explain away the complexities of life. It just is comfortable sitting with them and acknowledging them. It's a really beautiful show. And I'm very glad, Allison, that you had Me us watch too. it. I am, too. I'm glad that I'm glad for the me that i got to finish it but um mm-hmm. i feel like i was very worried in the first couple of episodes that this was not the right show for this particular moment and i think it's accidentally the perfect show for this moment when ernie was talking about um you know it's different in here and i was thinking of it both as like a reminder of how incredible it can be to have a, a place of community where you sit and talk and have a few drinks and listen to music And also that there are ways to be connected that aren't physical and that don't require proximity and communities, lots of different things. I was thinking about all this stuff as I'm watching the last episode of a show that ended in 2019. Um, It's very emotionally relevant, even if it's not topical. Um, So, yes, I agree. Thank you for watching it with me, guys. Any final thoughts apart from all that? Because I do have just one very short, pri- short, short, short thought. It's a mummy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and on that note, the next show that we're going to dive in with <laughs> is Gravity Falls. And we're going to be starting with that next week. Um, I-, I will be taking over hosting duties. Because um, Allison <gasps> has not seen it. <sighs> Unless, Noel, you want. Do I you do not. I don't remember uh, Gravity Falls well enough to host. Um... <laughs> 
I don't yeah. either. It'll be fun. Uh, but I figure it's my turn because <laughs> um, you guys both did it more recently. Um, so the the first two episodes. Well, first of all, Noel and I obviously are big fans, but Allison, do you know anything about Gravity Falls? I know it's animated. Okay. It is on Hulu, listeners, so Plus please join too. us if this is your gym. Yeah. And Disney Plus. It's both of those. Um, and the we're going to watch two episodes each, uh, for two episodes of Gravity Falls for each episode of Streaming in Place. And uh, there are 20 episodes in the first season, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll do the second season, depending on, you know, where we're at. But um, the first two episodes are Tourist Trapped and The Legend of the Gobblewonker. It's not a gobblewonker! <laughs> <laughs> so, Allison, knowing nothing about this, um, besides it's a it's Disney show and it's animated, uh, any thoughts on those titles? Well, let's let's do it this way. I'm going to guess what's going to happen in these episodes by pretending they're episodes of other okay. shows. Okay. Um, so what happens in the episode of Legends of Tomorrow called Tourist Trapped is that when the gang goes to um, uh, goes back to NASA uh, it, in ter- for one of the Apollo missions to try to get Ray Palmer back on the show, um, <laughs> they take a little a little side quest to go uh, to a very specific museum that Nate is excited about that doesn't exist anymore in the present, like a, like a cryptozoology museum. And, um, and while there, they get locked in an exhibit by Bigfoot. So okay. they're tourists who are trapped. Um, and the second one was the legend of the Gobblewonker. Yes. Gobblewonker. Yes. All right. Um, so this is an episode of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> the, the, the case of the legend of the Gobblewonker. And it's Amos decides that Cabot Cove needs more security. So um, he begins telling a ghost story to the youths of the town to scare them straight and keep them off the streets. Only then there's a copycat killer who is leaving messages that say gobble wonker was here near <laughs> corpses and Jessica has to solve what the gobble wonker is because Amos starts to go insane because he thinks he conjured uh, a it's fitting that this is in Maine because this is a murder. She wrote. Yeah, no, you've, King you've story, done like apparently. some sort of weird Cthulhu ask situation here. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, so Jessica has to figure out how it is that Amos conjured a monster into being with his imagination. Um, meanwhile, in the past, the younger versions of themselves find a body in the woods. That's it. Okay. Okay. All of those well. are weirdly correct, by the way. It's just really, really weird <laughs> how you got both of those correct. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to diving in with this next week, uh, listeners. So please join us for this next chapter of Streaming Place. And it has been a delight talking Lodge 49. And hopefully, um, hopefully we will find some fun parallels. <laughs> Falls. And I'll leave it there. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.